Hello and welcome to our first episode of Groovecast, the podcast for uh, rhythm sections. And um, I'm Ashley Walker. And, and I'm uh, Charlie Smith. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Charlie and myself, we're both rhythm section players. I'm a bass player. And I'm a drummer. Yeah. Both uh, northerners as well. <laughs> Although I'm probably considered a southerner to you, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, you're getting on that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, start, any, I'm any, still developing uh, my accent. Yeah, and anything south of York is about is southern to us. <laughs> yeah, and um, this is episode one, and we're going to be talking about the effects of the past year on musicians, aren't we? We certainly are. So, of uh, course, at time of recording, we are still somewhat in the midst of a of a global pandemic so it's it's uh i mean as far as things are at the moment normality is starting to open up a little bit and i think there's it's safe to say there are there's work in the diary hmm. and um and yeah but it's been a bit of a bit of a weird 15 16 months worth of um worth of of life so yeah. i mean just to to kick it off, I mean, let's have a look at what we what we're doing now. You know, remote recording. It's been a, a huge deal at the past year, and uh, I think it's something that we both ended up turning to. Yeah. And um, I suppose over to you to to kick us off with how you got into that. Was it before the past year, or has it been more recently? Yeah, I was actually trying to think of about that this morning because um, I think we'd all sort of done recording before covid where you know you'd send you'd have a recording that you wanted somebody to play on and you'd send it off and everything um but it wasn't really anything that um i had got into uh too much before covid uh sending it off and, and doing the videos especially um and actually i just remembered that i think it was just before covid we we just got a new computer and um we were kind of too frightened to try logic on it so it wasn't until COVID actually hit, and then we were like, "All oh, right, we should probably learn how to do this properly." Yeah, I was I was definitely late to the game on that one. I mean, drum recording was infinitely complicated, no, no matter how you wanted to do it. Mm. So I'd always kind of shied away. I guess I'd always wanted to try and have some sort of home studio, but I always brushed it away as one of those things that once I'm earning enough money to justify doing it then i'll do it but after the pandemic hit and really for me what it was 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 finishing my degree from home and the need to be able to record uh, for assessment pieces and, and all of that kind of thing so it was about september last year i ended up um i contacted a couple of friends and um and all credit for a lot of what has happened since has to go to um uh, one of my ACM drum tutors, Harry Younger, because he is an absolute technological whiz. Um, <laughs> and if you haven't ever gotten into drum recording or anything, you should check out his his YouTube channel, Drum Electric, because it just covers so much. And he basically uh, gave me a lot of advice, and I ended up taking the plunge. I bought Interface, got some decent mics, and and started started working and just started experimenting. It was very very uh 
very much a, a learning curve, as I'm sure it was for so many people. But yeah, it's gotten to the point now where I can I can listen to a track with my morning coffee, record it, send it at mid afternoon, and then have a rough mix delivered back to me before bed. So it's yeah. it's it's an incredible way for for musicians to work and and i think it's definitely you know although nothing beats being in a in a big studio and with a lovely room and a, a great engineer i think especially in the short term and on the on the, the almost the localized scene of players doing projects or or anything like that i think it's you'd struggle to be a successful musician especially a successful freelancer these days without having uh, some sort of recording capability. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it's funny, actually, because that's pretty much how we met, really, doing the online thing. It was. You know, I mean, it was it was one of those things. I think we both kind of knew of each other uh, through other musicians and through, mm. you know, our, our musical families, if you like. And, of course, through your roots of being, well, let, let us say, a borough lad by default. Um, but um, it was it was one of those things that, yeah, it's it, it's strange how the last year has, has brought a lot of people together. And it, as, us being an example of that. And not only that, it's been, I don't know about you, but for me, I've connected with a load of different players over the past year. It's, it's, mm. it's been ridiculous. Um, you know, I ended up, not too far into the pandemic, uh, I ended up getting chatting with um, a drummer called Tim Goodyear, who's the 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 West End uh, drummer on Hamilton. So, um, and just out of the blue, ended struck up a conversation, and just decided, well, what harm is having a chat? So we uh, we ended up sitting one morning and. And having a, a Zoom call for an hour, two hours, or whatever, just talking about life, with which was just, you know, stuff like that would have never have happened, and I would have definitely not made a few of the connections that I have made without, mm. without the pandemic, <clears throat> if you like. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we've both been doing the sort of online recording, like you've said, and getting to grips with it. And uh, I wondered what's some of the some of your top projects that you'd say you've you've done over the course of the lockdowns and recording yeah well it's 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 a fun one a funny one really because ironically the first recordings i did in the pandemic even after i'd set my home studio up were um were actually up in in newcastle at, at blank studios up there i went and mm. did an album with uh with martin stevenson which is out now on all platforms um <laughs> shameless plug um <laughs> and uh and that was that was more your run-of-the-mill professional recording setup so it was it was actually it was weird that I just bought all this all this stuff and ready to start recording and where's your first session to the studio <laughs> but at the same time it was great because you know I, I could pick the brains of the engineers and and really get a feel for for what i was getting myself in for but um mm. As far as projects I've worked on uh, at home, uh, there's been a few, and I, I think we can both say there's a couple here that we probably won't talk about that are currently in the works. But um, there's, uh, yeah, I mean, just of late, it was I really enjoyed doing the um, 
the ultimate big band things over the over the course of the the, the past year or so. I started that uh, working through a couple of those tunes just on my own mm. uh, in here, probably October last year, November. Mm. One of the first things I'd I'd recorded just to just to dip my toe in the water, give me a few things that I can I can put together. I'm I'm not wasting anyone's time if it if I wasn't happy with it. So I could just take my own time with it, do it how I wanted it, and then put it out and just see what kind of response it got. And it was it went down great. And for those listeners who don't know, it's uh, the Ultimate Big Band is a project put together by uh, a drummer called Darren Williams and uh, the legendary Lawrence Cottle, um, who uh, they basically released um, a couple of big band tunes where you can download all the backing tracks. You've got all the parts there for, for drummers and some for bass players as well. And you can have, you know, feel like you're recording with a, a, a really great big band. And I did, I did two of those last year and then I brought it back to do the last one literally last week with uh, your good self. <laughs> yeah, it's great fun. It's, it's incredible really kind of, the positives or one of the positives from this whole um, pandemic and the lockdown is how much music has been put out there because I think everybody in the industry and in arts has understood we've all been going through the same struggle and not having the feeling of being able to rehearse with a live band or um, you know with live players so uh, what Lawrence and and uh, and the ultimate big band and everything what they've done there is just incredible really just providing all of that uh, stuff just for you to go ahead and, and give it a try and we certainly did we did and um you know it's 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 something that i've seen a lot of players doing and rightly so because it's it's a it's a superb resource and it's the sort of thing that i think the last year has really needed you know whether it's been putting original music out or doing you know a lot of people have turned to youtube and that kind of thing uh a lot of people have turned to self-release and self-recording you know i've done a fair few remote sessions for different artists up and down the country and you do get this this feeling that everyone just wants to to release their creative juices somehow and you know in not being able to go and, and play in front of an audience then then that recorded music or or videoed uh, performances uh, whether done remotely or or through a live stream have absolutely been the way to go mm. yeah absolutely yeah um it wasn't really until i think early summer that i got doing some of the recordings with other people and um for those uh, uh, people who don't know my dad's a musician and charlie's granddad's one of the best drummers in the country to be honest <laughs> and uh um so with my dad uh he has his big band and so i did a couple of recordings with them um and then yeah charlie and myself we've done a few and um got to know each other and uh and now finally we've actually been able to play live together as well which has been amazing yeah really. i mean it, when you think about it it's 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 been a crazy year as uh, and one that none of us would have, have seen coming i mean just changing tact slightly with um about getting into the recording and, and, and something that of course led up to all of that for, for for everyone I think was was that complete lack of motivation at the start of it all when mm. everything when everyone's diaries had emptied when the world ground to a halt um, 
it was it was a, it was almost like a, a floating in limbo sort of a time. I don't know yeah. how how you adapted or or got back into into working or you know if you stopped at all. It's it's I know I think everyone dealt with it differently. Just personally, I I was in London at the time when lockdown was about to hit, and I got out of there before it did, um, and returned back up home and um, really. I had a. For me, it was weird. I think I ended up taking about two weeks off playing. I didn't pick the sticks up, didn't touch drums, mm. wasn't interested, um, and I took a couple of weeks off, and then I had a really crazy drive to practice, mm. and then I was, you know, I had the practice pad out every day. I had, I was doing, trying to make sure that. Because when you have a, a day that's not filled with anything, I think having some sort of a routine just just really helped me get through that first couple of months yeah. of every every morning. Right, I'm going to do half an hour, an hour on a practice pad, and I'm going to get my hands in shape, which I did, and it, and it definitely served me well. But after the sort of the whole lockdowns eased a bit last year, and then went back the other way again. And by the end, by the time it got to sort of July time, I think my 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 fuel had run down and my and I was out of steam, and so I ended up taking another month off and I didn't work, I didn't play. Um, I'd finished university for the year at that point, and I just I don't know, I just didn't feel any urge to to do any sort of musical work. Mm. But doing, taking a break was probably the best thing I could have done because when I came back to it, I felt so much fresher, and everything was, everything was all almost fell back into place to continue where I'd left off. Mm. Yeah, I I actually um, kind of agree with that. A similar thing. Um, when the first sort of lockdown hit, I was literally just uh, starting my first summer season here uh, in Skegness and uh, obviously it all got ground to a halt and um, it was kind of the other way around I'd say actually for me I mean um, I was kind of not practicing more but I it was good I was trying to have a routine still of get up uh, you know have some breakfast do some exercise or something to you know fill your day what better way to do (laughs) all and, that 30 um, minutes that you were allowed yeah yeah try and touch my toes put my socks on uh and then go in the music room and just try and practice for an hour or so and um and i have to say one of the things that really because it was quite down those first few months not knowing you know if we were going to be able to gig again and um and uh one of the things that really inspired me was um a video that uh louis dowdswell did with his big band and he did the um the arrangement of Into the Unknown from Frozen. Oh yeah, absolutely class. If, if you haven't seen that video, you, you should go and check it out. It's um, an yeah. incredible band and um, of course Greg Bissonette on drums who's just smoking it, but yeah. just so, so good. Yeah, Greg on drums, Lawrence Kossel on bass, Gordon Goodwin on... It's just incredible. Like, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I, it, I mean, it was... I... <laughs> I, m- I must just, admit that uh, I almost overlooked all the other players when I saw Lawrence was on bass. I was just had my mouth, was, my jaw was on the floor for yeah, the whole thing. But that was that was so beautifully put together, and yeah. um, 
and you know there's been a few different things since then as well i mean just just recently um i was i watched one uh last week that had just come out of uh that gordon goodwin had put together with i think it was the world big band or something and mm. um oh i can't remember the title of it but so so good and another one of those you know a really great tune yeah. done by brilliant brilliant players yeah. um and you just thought you know it, it can't really um it can't really get better than this when as as far as what we're dealing with and and what we're putting up with it's it was it was so uh so just great to see that level of musicianship again because mm. it's something that especially not having been to live gigs uh over the past year or so that you you, you do miss you miss seeing great players and great bands and great setups yeah uh doing doing you know s some amazing gigs yeah the, i mean there's there's nothing better i mean it's one of the best feelings i've ever ex experienced is going to see live shows um whether it's in an arena or at ronnie scott's or you know you it, when you explain to people you know i've just seen this you know concert or this band that you're really into anyway or even a band you're not into and you can just appreciate the musicianship it's really tough describing the feeling you get just seeing that and uh, the inspiration and i i kind of had that feeling come back a little bit with when that video came out and it was almost a bit of a not a light bulb moment but a thing of you know this is going to come back eventually in some form and um i mean fortunately i've i count myself as one of the luckiest kind of musicians this year because i have unlike you you know i kind of forgot in july yeah you you know you had didn't have any work really whereas i was I managed to get some outdoor things and i did manage to get a few gigs over the summer and um my summer season that was meant to start in march started in Oct uh, august so i managed to still get a couple months in of to see me through anyway yeah it was it was strange for me i think it was because I'd, I'd lived in london for a couple of years and then of course being back in the north it, there just wasn't it wasn't like i was in a in a working band at the time so what what, what my sole income was really was that was the, the live theater work and, and and doing a lot of that and of course all of that went completely at, at, at that point there was no there was no gigs at all so it took me about 15 months between doing my last gig in february last year to doing my first gig back about what a month ago yeah with my band with you yeah exactly <laughs> you know it was like it was one of those strange strange occurrences where it was it was like you know i haven't be i haven't played for 15 months and then you know it was uh, it was just a joyous feeling to be able to do it again you know and i didn't yeah. mind you know at all having to you know it was what was it a, a 350 mile round trip yeah i didn't care i was going to play a gig i would have drove to france if that had meant doing a gig you know it was yeah it, it was one of those really strange things of the the things that we would have maybe moaned about last year of a oh three hours to do a show or whatever drive and now we were looking forward to it like it was 
you know, like it was a family holiday or something. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I'll drive nine hours to come and do a, a pub gig for 50 quid. Of course, yeah. you know. It was it was so weird uh, yeah. having that. And I don't know how you felt about it, but just having that um, that excitement in sort of the, the build-up to it, thinking, I'm actually going to, to do a gig. You know, yeah. and I mean, for you, it was probably after that, the whole lockdown again from November to... Yeah, March, uh, March, March, April. So it was, you know, having those months off, and and you do miss it, you know. Yeah, it's a funny thing with musicians. We moan about it a lot. We moan about the the tedium of 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 some live gigs or the the, the annoyance that things cause us, or the just the you know the little niggles. We all seem to moan about them profusely. But what we all wouldn't have got, you know, what we all would have given to to go and do a a show after however long it was it was i think everyone just had this sense of you know i don't care if if the if the you know the situation's tricky or it's a, a loading up four flights of stairs i just want to do the work mm. yeah yeah it was um I, I mean like i say my sort of season finished in october and then we all it went back into the whole lockdown thing in November, I think. And I mean, at that point, it was once it started to be lifted, it was like, oh, foot on the gas, let's try and get as many gigs. I mean, after my season finished, I tried to get more gigs with my own band. And then that all got ground to a halt again. And um, yeah, it was quite, you know, demoralizing for those couple of months between sort of December and January. And then. I mean, fortunate for, uh, fortunately for me, the season that I have been doing is you know, they're able to socially distance and because it's a holiday park, they were allowed to open earlier. So sort of, and then with my own band, I was able to do some outdoor gigs with them around sort of Skegness and locally. So it was kind of earlier for me and sort of, I think just the end of April or something, I managed to get a few things in and then... Yeah, you know, and then we we got that uh, couple of gigs in uh, Butlins, which is what Charlie joined us for. Yeah, and I mean for me, it's it, to be honest, the holiday parks have been the savior uh, for me, uh, as far as getting work for the for the foreseeable. It's been, you know, I mean even still, even though the, the restrictions are due to ease and all that, the, the theatres aren't opening at capacity until generally around early September. So. That that strain of income, if you like, is is just not there, and it hasn't mm. been. But um, I've been lucky with a few contacts, uh, like yourself, who've who've uh, uh, getting and doing some some holiday park gigs have have been, you know, it's 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 been the the thing that's able to. I don't know, not only get me out and working, which is where I want to be. But also, you know, keep the accountant happy. So um, it's 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 been a, a saviour. And just the past three or four weeks, I've had a few a few different gigs, starting with with of course you in Skegness, and then a couple down at um, uh, Flamingo Land in North Yorkshire at the, yeah. the Holiday Park there. And I've got a rather busy July and August, thanks to thanks to that. You know, it's yeah. it's it's been a it was something I wouldn't have thought I would have been doing uh, at all. If you'd asked me a year ago, I probably wouldn't have imagined I'd have been playing that kind of thing. But it's mm. it's a gr it's generally 
good gigs it's nice and 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 laid back you know you you turn up you you read your dots and you you do your bit you know there's no rehearsals or or, or anything most of the time and you just it it's just you know the success of those gigs is is the audience happy is the artist happy um you know did you get you know was it an enjoyable an enjoyable show and mm. nine times out of ten they are they're great to do you know they're they're really not too taxing and it's probably the same with your summer season you you just you do your gigs, you read your dots, and you try and have have a bit of fun out there. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's kind of funny because going into the summer season last year, I was it was like the first time for me doing anything like that. You know, backing acts prop like properly backing acts, and uh, you know, as just as I was starting to get into the flow of it, it all got halted, and then um, in August September it restarted and kind of got into the the flow of it again but it wasn't quite the same because not everyone could be back at work and everything and uh, now this year I mean it's you know we're all back and um, you know back in acts and it's just great it's you know doing uh, you know it's you can't really get that um, experience anywhere else I mean of sort of reading uh, sight reading every night and and stuff I think it's it's a good thing and and yeah just having a nice time and i'm sure you know ashley from a couple of years ago would have found some negatives or something or something to moan about but i'm just happy to be there socializing with other people which hasn't happened for a long time yeah and meeting always meeting new people as well with the acts that come and and despite the you know restrictions of the show socially distancing and everything the people that have been coming are, are generally you know it's still full and they're, they're just happy to be out and having a holiday i think it's ironic to say it considering but 2020 especially i think has been the year of networking yeah strange as it is considering no one saw anyone <laughs> it was the year of you know doing zoom calls uh having different getting to hang out with different musicians i think that the, the two key things that got me through it as a as as a drummer were um uh the first one was was the the drum hangs uh started by russ gleason and, and neil wilkinson which have been going on for the past year and they've i mean it just started as as just neil being one of the best session drummers in the country and we mm. would he'd just hop on for a, a couple of hours on a on a saturday afternoon talk some drums maybe talk through a few ideas that he'd been working on and then it ended up kind of getting some momentum and they started getting some guests in and you know they had Steve Gadin they had Vinnie Colliuta they had Leland Sklar it was it was and they've had so many players of different ilks and different uh things and and you just think a year ago you would you wouldn't have imagined being in an, an intimate zoom call with you know some of the greatest musicians in the world yeah and you just think this is this is beyond crazy and and it, it, you know it's 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 something that I'm really glad that they put together and I was I you know I think I was in one of the first couple of hangs and I you, you could see that everyone in there was just so happy to be seeing other drummers for for starters to be mm. swapping ideas to have a having that conversation and you know there was drummers on there who you would have never otherwise come across on the you know, just on the British scene, who you then looked at and thought, "God, they're good," you know. 
Uh, and then you might strike conversations up. And it, that uh, the whole drum hangs thing has been um, a, a massive success uh, for them for the past year. And I'm so glad it, 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 it took, out, took off like it did. Because I think everyone, um, especially in the, in the music industry, need, needed that kind of thing. Um, and the other one for me on a, on a personal level is, and, and a lot more intimate has been um, I've been hanging, uh, doing a, a Zoom hang every other weekend with, um, with a few drummers. You know that mm. that was started off by a, a friend of mine in London, and you know we, we we get it's less than ten people most most times, and but you've got guys over in Canada or the states or New Zealand or wherever, and we just sit for hours on end chatting about drums or life or music or anything, mm. and it's and you you do think you know what if nothing else that last year has given me those six or seven new new mates who I would have never have otherwise had and never people who I would have totally not not connected with otherwise because you, you're not going to naturally just strike up a conversation with the drummer in New York it doesn't mm. doesn't generally happen but out of that you just you, you know personally I've met some some amazing players and uh, and some some really nice people and and in that in that particular hang we are all gearheads you know we we love our our drums we love our 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 equipment and and that generally drives it it's been so you know what's better than hopping on a on a webcam and, and talking about the metal or, uh the metal that you use in symbols or which <laughs> snare drum sounds better or looks better and and I blame those guys for, for <laughs> making me buy so much equipment through the pandemic because we just had these conversations and it was like, I think, oh, yeah, I, I should try one of those at some point. <laughs> you know, my bank account wasn't happy about it, but no. but some great things have come out of that. And, you know, I think just in the last year, my snare drum count has hopped from where it was at about 10 to around 15. So oh, it's it, it's gosh. it's been it's been a great year for gear acquisition. It's just not been the best year for using it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I think um, uh, I'd like to say a thank you to uh, I think the musicians' union have done really great at putting some of those courses out there and and you know the hangs and um, there was a couple of courses that I was really glad to be on um to do with instagram and social networking and um and podcasts and uh, funny that yeah so uh, the the stuff the tools have been out there and um like i think that's really true that it has been a great year for networking despite the fact that a lot of us haven't had any gigs and you know the ones we have have been kind of few and far apart but it's kind of Although it, there was a lot of negatives, there there were positives there to take out of it, and it's it's kind of now now coming into um, the summer of 2021 and starting. There's starting to be light at the end of the tunnel, and it's now implementing that you know, and and the positivity of being able to gig again now. I think we'll we'll all have really for for quite a while. Yeah, and I think it's also it it's been weird connecting with people of our kind. So I mean. You know, as a drummer, how often do you go on a gig and, and and talk to another drummer? It doesn't happen unless you're doing a festival. Maybe it doesn't really happen that often. Yeah. You know, it's so being able to broaden your 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 network of people of your own kind, if you like. If, if, you know, for you, it'll be you'll probably 
come across other bass players who you've mm. you've not you've not heard about before or you've not come across and you think oh, they're smoking hot player and you just think you know i wouldn't have wouldn't have found these sorts of people without having the last year of the time to look for them if you like and yeah. and, and the time for for that certain thing to, to to come out of the woodwork and and show itself mm. yeah that's true that's actually a, g- a really good point you don't think about that you don't mix with your own sort of kind if you like sounds like a, a race or something bass players yeah. you know come from the island of bass yeah, yeah. You, don't <laughs> you don't mix with those people but that is very true yeah yeah the colonies <laughs> yeah yeah the colonies yeah so um I wondered if uh, for you now coming back into gigging and you, know, you did that gig with my band and is there anything that you've kind of realized that problems that you sort of forgot about say for like guitarists or bass players it would have been blisters or is there anything like that well i think it it, it wasn't so much in, in blistering or callousing or anything because i tended to keep my keep my hands in shape as best i could um in fact, to be honest, my hands are in better shape now than they probably ever were, mm. thanks to the the last year or so of having, have just having the time to sit and work on my technique. And I, yeah. you know, I, I had good technique before, but I've just been able to build upon that and I get to a place where I'm really comfortable. I mean, of course, mm. there's still things I, I want to look at and and develop further, but it's it's really brought my I think my overall standard of playing has come way higher than it ever was thanks to not only having the time to practice but also having the guidance of, of some great tutors through university um you know the likes of neil bullock uh, and studying with him for for three or four months um it was, was just superb you know um getting to learn from arguably one of the best british dra- uh, jazz drummers around mm. was was so nice and and just having that freedom to 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 put those ideas into motion where you know, if it, if you'd have been working and busy you would have you know i might have took that lesson and then just had to go straight to a gig yeah. i didn't have the time to actually think about and digest it and then work on on stuff so yeah. as far as all of that went i was pretty okay what i wasn't prepared for was the um was the stamina of it you know you forget how challenging playing at, at 245 minute sets are you yeah. know it, it it wears you and it funnily enough doing the the thing with you it wasn't that day i didn't really feel it so much on a night you know you can come off really hot and it, yeah and sweaty on and all that but, as well. and on a high but i didn't think about it until about two days later and i just thought god i'm knackered <laughs> you know it really took it out of me in a way that i didn't expect yeah you know because of course i did the gig the following day i drove home and then the day after that i think i just crashed for for yeah. a you know, I, I just thought I'd forgotten how tiring gigs can be because you get used to it, you know, mm. and, and we will get used to it again of, of it just becoming routine. But it, it it took me by surprise how how strenuous <laughs> a, a, a 90 minute worth of playing can be. Yeah. Yeah. For um, for me personally, it was um, uh in this sort of coming out of this last lockdown um was less sort of challenging you know with blisters or whatever because i had been practicing and 
um, writing my own stuff and recording every day. So I, I was making sure that I was warmed up and everything and ready to go. Where um, going into the the summer of last year, when I was able to do some outdoor gigs, and um, with my own band, um, it can be especially at some of those. I mean, last year doing a few sort of pub gigs, and people were like really happy to be out, and it was quite you know, you could feel the energy from the people. So then you were playing harder and putting everything into it. And the first couple of gigs, the amount of blisters and like blood blisters and like all that stuff, that's what sort of got to me the the first uh, couple of gigs back. And I know also just from uh, friends of mine who are singers and, um, you know, them personally, it's like even though they've been practicing in lockdown, um, you know, some of them don't have the facility to practice properly. And, e and even if you can do your scales and warm up, it's not the same as having to belt out a you know about a power ballad or something live to a, you know a few hundred people or and um so that's why i asked because yeah. i think we've all been having different experiences with that it is and, and you know what the other thing has been it's been after a year of being playing on your own and and you know especially if you're recording a lot playing a lot to clicks and things and then doing that first gig back i was mentally uh, with you I was mentally thinking about tempos way more than I expected to I was thinking am I am I right here or is the adrenaline getting to me am I <laughs> racing a bit and you because you can't really tell you've yeah. just got to try and think of it and and trust yourself which I've totally forgotten about I mean doing that the, the other holiday part of gigs I've done has all been on click so there's never been really any doubt there but having that going getting back to having that internal clock if you like yeah of trusting in yourself to be still at roughly the same tempo that you started and not going away like a racehorse or dragging it or whatever yeah i definitely was really honed in on that because it it's one of those things that it's so hard to measure in the moment you've just got to kind of trust that you you're right you know and that if you mm. if you do think it's and and something i've 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 always gone for is I listen to the vocalist more than anything because if you can usually tell f through the vocal phrasing if something's either too quick or too slow yeah and as long as you can ballpark it into a, the right area you can generally get away with you know a little bit of push and shove as far as tempos go but yeah it was just weird getting back into that that way of thinking because you know, when you sit and play on your own for a year, everything that you're playing to is generally going to be in time. So you don't even think about it. You just think, am I with the track? Am I with the click? Yes, no, maybe, whatever. Um, and so when the, when the onus is put back on you as, as, as the timekeeper, yeah, it's, 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 again, it's like having to get the cogs back in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested to know as well with other musicians what they've been like the ones who have been able to gig again is um sort of nerves and, and dealing with that because i know personally from myself after the first after the first lockdown and you know playing by yourself um going into the first couple of gigs i, I think i was probably and also going into the butlins ones that uh, in the one that you did I, i'd probably had more nerves than i ever had before because i wasn't i was still getting used to having to okay we're actually playing to real people again yeah, I think you always have that, especially for the first couple back, I definitely had that niggling doubt of, can I still do this? 
yeah it's been you know it had been at that point about 15 months and i was thinking you know am i still able to do what i was doing before yeah because you don't know you know can i trust that i'm able to sight read all these charts and play to a click track because i've not i've not had to do it in a in a live stage environment with an audience watching you and you know it was that first holiday park gig after i'd done yours doing the uh, it was a cold play show in in flamingo land and there must have been it was outdoors and there must have been about a thousand people there and i've got to say walking on there i don't often feel nervous before i play it, mm. i've kind of gotten past that it's just it's like walking to work mm. um but i did look out and i did think god i hope i don't mess this up yeah you know what i mean it was such a weird feeling of like i just had to trust that i could you know that my reading was still where it was which mm. it, it was because I, I i mean I'd, I'd ran through everything myself just to make sure i was happy and but even still you 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 look at your, your charts and you think god i hope i can still read these after all this time yeah yeah I've, it's funny that actually because i think that's kind of what happened to me um restarting in september last year was the reading thing and and um even though i had been practicing and and trying to find new stuff to play over the course of the first lockdown and you know testing your sight reading and everything i think it was the thing of playing it's a totally different beast playing live and having a chart and you know if the singer for instance goes wrong or if you know whatever the keys player or the drummer or, or any of you go wrong it's then okay well what do we do now and you, you get used to that when you've played for ages but there was almost a sense of forgetting about that and and um yeah like following yeah. the singer or following that's the thing and the other thing is you can't ever rehearse that there's no way of of of, of properly simulating that on your own in a rehearsal room or right. in, a, in, a, in, your, in your home studio you can't do it that because you you'll never feel the pressure that you feel on a gig it's, no. it's totally different feeling to walk out knowing that you know that you're being relied upon to keep this together you know mm. or, or to do do your job right and and that that responsibility felt felt really strange again coming back to it after after all that time because there really isn't a way of practicing it and i don't think i i although i went through a lot of pages of, of sheet music through the, the lockdowns and everything i didn't look at anything sort of remotely show charty so mm. anything that would would resemble what i'm looking at now and what i'm writing now a lot of that i didn't bother with i looked at, at some musical theater charts which are way more complicated and detailed and you've got so much going on or i was looking at big band charts which are the the opposite of that where it's giving you the figures and giving you different uh, a different point of reference but when you go back to doing something like the holiday park shows where most things are written out in black and white for you what they want and what's you know especially if you've got a, a backing track going at the same time because mm. no matter what the the singer or, or whoever does you're kind of glued to that backing track you can't yeah. really stray from it the only thing you can do is if anything gets out of line you can either try and pull it back or give the signal to just lose the backing track and go live yeah. which there is no there is nothing scarier than having to make that call sometimes and just 
doing some things you know if you get you know like doing gigs and got the, the band end up um a bar out from the click say mm. and you can't predict this you, you can't you can't help it sometimes it could be anything that you know it could be as simple as the track uh, not giving you the full counting or something anything and you can and especially as a drummer you've got to kind of take onus on that quite a lot of the time because as a bassist or a guitarist you're kind of tied to what chords you're playing you can't really you can't really move from that if you're going to try and jump back to the bar where you need to be chances are you're going to clash with whatever the other guy's doing on stage whereas as a drummer you can make that move but you've just got to make it as glaringly obvious as possible to everybody else to say i know where we are and i know what i'm going to do to get us out of this yeah and 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 it's not until you have those moments that you remember almost what's gone before yeah yeah well i think we're coming to the end of our uh our time here i um, think so i was gonna think a good way to end off maybe uh to finish this off would be um uh and what kind of things have you got coming up and um you know we we're, we're are sort of talking about now being back gigging and, and the positives and hope fingers crossed you know for most musicians that we're now starting to get you know gigs in the the diary and what have you got coming up lately yeah so uh, for me i've got a lot of holiday park uh gigs coming up the next couple of months um mostly with uh, pure entertainment group who are based up here in the north uh, and all thanks to um the MD Tom uh, for, for, for getting me involved with that uh, it's really been quite the saviour of, of late but that aside um, kind of starting September is uh, I've got the the Islands in the Stream show coming back and it'll be great to be going back on the on the road with them mm-hmm. and I've got a tour in the books with um, with Martin Stevenson and the Dainties which will be um, which will be really nice and and just as far as what I've got right now I've got a couple of recording projects going on um, I've got a couple of songs for the the new Dainties album that I'll be doing from home and and yeah just trying to keep us as, as busy as po- possible in between the in, in between the gigs um, until they're back out in in full flow again but uh, yeah what about yourself so you know what have you got to, uh, planned in yeah um well uh coming up uh uh well by the time this podcast out it would have been a few weeks uh ago but um coming up the most recent thing i've got is um uh the first sort of theater gig i would have done in, in about two years or something i suppose um at the embassy theater here in skegness uh with my dad which will be very enjoyable i'm sure many laughs will be had and um, I, I, for sure <laughs> which i'm i'm really excited about because it's uh sort of the first uh well the the first sort of cabaret thing i would have done in a while and and playing some really great tunes as well so um and then again just my summer season still going and and uh a couple of gigs lined up in the summer with my own band and fingers crossed some more stuff with you hopefully more yeah projects. let's 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 hope so and um and yeah, that that kind of wraps us up for for this one. But um, as always, mate, it's been a pleasure having a chat with you. And um, we shall see everyone next time on the next episode of Groovecast. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>